Welcome to Title Tea, where we bring you all the tea on tough title transactions. We'll touch on real-life title issues and how to ensure a painless real estate transaction. We're just two Texas escrow officers who want to share our experiences. We learn the hard way, so you don't have to. My name is Libby, and I'm here with Nikki. So Nikki, what you got? Welcome back to another week. This week, we're going to be talking about transfer on death deeds as well as life estate deeds. So Libby, why don't you start us off? Okay, yes. So this week, we are going to be talking about transfer on death deeds, also known as TODs. Let's just go ahead and define it. So what even is a transfer on death deed? This is a legal document that allows an individual property owner in Texas to transfer their interest in real property to a designated beneficiary upon death, and it prevents going through probate. So sometimes people can do this so that you don't have to go through that probate process whenever someone does pass away. It makes it a little bit easier and a quicker transfer. So there are some requirements for a transfer on death deed, and there are a few things that have to be addressed in that. So the first thing is it has to be in writing, has to be signed by the owner, as well as notarized. So that's the first thing. It also has to have a legal description of the property. It also must have the name and address of the beneficiary who will be receiving the property. Next thing is it has to state that the transfer will happen at the owner's death. This is a big one. It has to have that wording in there to make this document legitimate. Next thing is it must properly be recorded during the owner's lifetime. So it has to be recorded with the county before the person of the property does pass away. If they pass away and it's not recorded, you have to go through probate. Those are your requirements of a transfer on death deed. So this is a good thing to use if you don't own a ton of assets that you'd need to list out in a will. The transfer on death deed will ensure that your property will go to whoever you've listed as your beneficiary once you've passed away. Even if you have a will though, a transfer on death deed conveys the property outside of probate, meaning that it doesn't have to go through the probate process and it also avoids court costs that you would have to face if you were going through that probate. One pro of the Todd is that if you are in a situation that if you need to get your property sold quickly after someone passes away, having this already done makes that process a lot quicker for you. Another thing to keep in mind too, you can keep this in your cabinet, but if you don't get the deed recorded with the county, it is not effective. So it's only going to be effective once your deed has been recorded in the county that the property is located. Fun fact too, you can name more than one beneficiary, but you can also name an alternate beneficiary. This comes into play if something happens to the named beneficiary on the deed. If that person passes away also, there's an alternate person who would be receiving that property. This beneficiary, it can be a person, it can be an organization, an institution, a charity, a trust. Something has to be named. To, to add on to that as well, the beneficiary has to be alive for a minimum of a 120 hours after the grantor passes away in order to receive the property. And then if there's no alternate named, the property does have to go through probate. So a, another question would be, what happens if you're married and you also have a transfer on death deed that 
is going to someone other than your spouse. So Texas is a community property state. So if you own property with your spouse and you pass away, your spouse can claim the deceased's share of the property in some cases. But if you pass away without a will, the spouse will have to file an affidavit of heirship. I would also refer back to our second episode where we go into more details on everything affidavits of airship if you want some more info on that. But if you do pass away and it is a transfer on death deed where it's benefiting from someone else, the spouse would get half of the earnings of the proceeds and the named beneficiary would get the remainder based off of what your transfer on death deed states. Furthermore, when you're executing the transfer on death date itself, you can't use a power of attorney. So if I have power of attorney for my mom, I can't execute a deed on her behalf that transfers the property upon her death to someone. That can be seen as self-serving, and so they don't allow that. The person that is going to be granting the property has to be the one that signs that transfer on death deed. So also your transfer on death deed, it is only going to be effective once the current owner of the property passes away. It means you can still have a transfer on death deed filed, but if you sell, the transfer on death deed becomes null and void. So if the current owner is still alive and they have a transfer on death deed, that should anything happen, that property goes to whoever they name as beneficiary. If they want to sell the property, they can still do that. They still have the power. They're still alive. So they're able to continue to have all of the rights to that property. But if they do sell, transfer on death deed is null and void. Also in that same vein, if I have signed a transfer on death deed, I can revoke that at any time. I can file a revocation with the county revoking that deed. Or in some cases, I can record a replacement transfer on death deed, which voids the prior recorded one and leave that property to somebody else. So next, I wanted to just go into another type of deed. It is called a ladybird deed, which this is a enhanced life estate deed, but it's also referred to as a ladybird deed. Um, it's a deed that allows an owner to designate a beneficiary, but it still makes decisions about the property. So the owner can choose to sell or mortgage the property without the permission of the beneficiary. A fun fact, because Ladybird Deed, that's kind of an interesting name. Um, it actually became a Ladybird Deed. They're called this because President Lyndon B. Johnson used this type of deed to transfer property to his wife. So her name was Ladybird Johnson and the name stuck. Biggest difference between your Ladybird Deed and your transfer on death deed is that it allows the homeowners to transfer their interest in the property with warranties, but a transfer on death deed specifically will state that the interest in the property transfers without the conveyance of title, even if they're special provisions. Essentially, they have the same goal, just different ways of going about it. So to summarize that, the transfer on death deed means I retain ownership of that property, and then when I die, it automatically passes to my beneficiary. A life estate deed means I am giving the property to somebody else to hold as owner while retaining my rights to live in the property until I die. So it's, it's essentially accomplishing the same goal. It's just, do you want to retain the asset as the owner, or do you just want to have the right to live in the property and give that ownership over to somebody else? 
depending on your financial situation or uh, qualifying for benefits, one may suit one person, one individual over the other way. So that is your basic knowledge on what a transfer on death deed versus a ladybird deed is what they do. How do we go about this whenever one of these comes across our desk on a title perspective? So Nikki, I know you've got some information on that. So what you got on that? It's actually pretty easy from a title perspective. This isn't something that requires a lot of curative work to it. The main things that we're looking for on a transfer on death deed is to make sure that it's not self-serving. Right. We're looking for any type of power of attorney that's been used. A lot of times these aren't filed with the help of an attorney. People will pull these off the Internet and fill it out and then go ahead and record it with the county themselves. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. However, sometimes that can lead to situations where they're not filed correctly or they're not completed correctly. And in those cases, sometimes we just can't use them at all. And Unfortunately, if it's a transfer on death deed where someone's already passed away, if they filed it with a power of attorney or it's self-serving in some way, then the property really would just have to go to probate or an affidavit of heirship because that deed isn't valid. So long story short, if you are going to have one of these done, make sure you get legal advice and speak with an attorney to make sure it gets done right so that you don't have to jump through those hoops. Yeah, there's nothing worse than explaining to somebody whose parent or loved one just passed away that all the work that they thought they'd put in to securing the assets in the way that they wanted really didn't work and they've got to go another way. And then when it comes to a life estate deed, really what we see here is when it comes to the life estate being vacated. I did talk about this in a previous episode where we had discussed a situation where a gentleman vacated the life estate. Title requires full proof that that person has vacated the life estate. So if somebody just goes into memory care and they still have that life estate active, we really want them to sign a deed vacating that life estate just to be sure that everything is fully taken care of. But other than that, usually it's a really simple process. Um, Most people have these things filed and filed correctly. So it's really not a big holdup when it comes to dealing with these in title. Um, In your experience in title, has this ever happened to you? Yeah, actually. I did have a mom and daughter who had a transfer on death deed in place. However, the property was owned by the mother-daughter jointly. And they wanted to sign the mother's interest over in the transfer on death deed so that her interest would automatically pass to the daughter, except that when they signed the deed, she did sign it power of attorney. So it did invalidate that deed, and we had to go back. Luckily, we were working on a situation where the mother was still alive, so we were able to correct it and get it taken care of before she passed away, and then they'd have to go through all these extra steps. Um, so it was just one that we caught, luckily, by chance in a in a different transaction that we were working on. That's kind of nice. See, you need us when you don't even think you need us. Right. You never know what we're going to find, even when we're doing some of the more simple transactions. Sometimes we just kind of stumble across an issue, and we can just pop it out and get it taken care of real quick. Sure. What are we talking about next week? I'm actually really excited about next week because, at my heart, I am a crime junkie fan. I love all true crime. My favorite podcasts to listen to are true crime. So 
I know next week's not a true crime episode, but just the fact that we're talking about quote-unquote missing people kind of, you know, gets me a little excited, makes me feel like I'm doing a true crime podcast next week. So maybe we'll give it a little spooky vibe. We got to put some music, some spooky music in it. Heck yeah, we do. It's Halloween. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week when we talk about missing heirs. So put your crime hat on because we're going to dive into that. As always, make sure you give us a follow and give us a listen so that we can continue to make this content for you. We appreciate the people who have listened and continue to listen. And we are just going to go through this journey with you together. So we'll see you next week on Title T. Bye.